This episode of No Filter is brought to you by Better Homes and Garden Metro Brokers. Are you looking for your dream home in Atlanta and its surrounding areas? Have you been searching for a reliable professional realtor to walk you through home buying processes without hassles? If yes, look no further. You've just found Trevar Armstrong of Better Homes and Garden Metro Brokers. Trevar is an experienced realtor with integrity and extensive real estate knowledge servicing Atlanta and its surrounding areas. He works with individuals interested in NACA, Home Partners of America, Georgia Dream, Georgia Heroes Program, and many more. If you are considering buying or selling property, planning to relocate, or looking for any other information about real estate in Atlanta and its surrounding areas, he's your go-to guy. Stop contacting non-professionals. They don't know what they're doing. Contact Trevar today and let him assist you with your real estate needs. You can give him a call at 404-992-3450 or find him on IG and Twitter at Realtor Trevar. That's T-R-A-V-A-A-R. Or you can hit him up on his website. That's www.trevararmstrong.com. Now, let's start the show. Hey, y'all, it is Karma Jones for our fourth episode of No Filter. I am so happy, as always, to be here with you all. Yay! You know, over the last week, I have really had to embrace the fact that I am an auntie now. Like, I'm the 30-plus club, for sure. I remember being in the club when I was like 18, 20, and the DJ shouting out the 30 plus club and, and I and they're, you know, they're all grooving, doing their two step, raising their glasses in the air, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's the 30 plus club. I'm not there yet, but they they look like they're having a good time. Um but it never really hit me that I soon would be a part of the 30 plus club. And here I am. Um, all up in my thirties, soon to be 32. And it's, I have mixed feelings because when I first turned 30, it literally felt like I was transitioning into another phase of my life. And I was, but it, I could feel it, um, mentally and especially physically. Like I'm just coming to grips with the fact that my body is really starting to betray me. It's doing things that I never thought it would do, um, never thought it, you know, never knew it could do. And everything that the people told us were true was true. Like everything. My knees hurt, my back hurts. Um, I have acid reflux now. Like what? I have acid reflux. What does that even mean? Like my throat was really sore one day and I kept going to the doctor, going to the doctor. She's like, girl, I don't know what's wrong with you. And I was like, well, you know, I must have strep throat. She gave me a strep test. She was like, no. So immediately, I think I have throat cancer because I'm that girl. I am a hypochondriac. So I always think that I have the thing that's going to kill me. And when I Google, um, it never goes well because it immediately goes to cancer, AIDS, like something that's going to make one of your limbs fall off. And then I go into panic mode. Um, so yeah, it's a vicious cycle. So anyway, I have acid reflux, which means I can't drink alcohol. 
And I really want a mimosa right now um, with Love a Cocktail. It's Friday. I made it through another stressful week. And so I can't eat shit. Like, you can't eat anything when you have acid reflux. Like, you can't eat tomatoes. You can't eat onions. You can't eat cheese. You can't eat fried foods. You can't eat ketchup. There's, like, this whole list of things you can't eat. And it's so annoying. Like, you can't eat butter. What? So basically everything that I like to eat, I can't eat. So I'm so stressed out right now. I can barely talk. Y'all bear with me. My throat is killing me. But I had some tea this morning. Hopefully that that'll get me through this uh long list of stuff we have to talk about today. So I just wanted to, you know, send some encouragement to my fellow 30 plus crew. I feel you. I feel what y'all going through. But we gonna make it. Um, you know, we got to go to the gym a little more than we usually would have to, you know, stuff is growing in places that don't usually grow. And, you know, I had to pluck a chin hair the other day. That's right. I ain't afraid to admit it. Yes, that's right. I plucked the chin hair from, from my chin. So what? That's just where I'm at in life. So get with it or get lost. (laughs) Woo. All right, so let's just, I I know you guys know there's a lot going on this week, as always. It's like celebrities never give us a day off. They always in some shit. But first, I have to talk about Cat Williams because he stay in some mess. Like, he stay in some mess. So last week, he went on the Frank Ski and Wanda Smith show. Um, it's a show that's based here in Atlanta. And all hell broke loose. And when I say all hell broke loose, I mean, I mean, all hell broke loose. So they were doing an interview and Wanda said something about Kat's hair. I don't remember exactly what she said. And Cat Williams blacked out. Like he went for, he got gutter. Like he went for the, for the neck. So, now Wanda should have known better because any man that wears a press and curl means business. He's about that life. He ain't, he ain't about the drama. Well, he actually is about the drama. He's, that's actually what he, his expertise is in, is in drama. Any man with a press and curl. Okay? So, they started to go back and forth with each other. And Wanda should have known better. Yeah, sure, she's a comedian, but she's not Cat Williams level comedian. Okay, and so she didn't know that she had bit off more than she could chew. So he proceeds to say that she looks big on radio. He started to talk about her cheap necklace and, you know, Forever 21 got a brand of necklaces. You know, the Wanda collection, $12 and under. Um, If you want to, you can get her jewelry at the local Sitco, at the local gas station, you know. He was going in. And he even went so far as to ask the woman if her wig came with her headphones. And when I say, baby, that took me down, <laughs> that took me down. So basically, you're saying that her wig and her headphones are a two for one. Wow. That's disrespectful. So it was really painful to watch. And of course, because this is 2018, it went viral. And it went viral because people like mess. Let's be honest. We like mess. We like to see stuff like that. Like, that's what we live for. And so, um, yeah, it went viral. 
And so this week um, at a comedy club in Atlanta, Cat uh, Smith, Cat's not Cat Smith, Cat Williams ran up on Wanda Smith. And so they start arguing back and forth at the club. And this was um, on Saturday. So this was September 15th at around 9.30 p.m. And he runs up on her. He says, told you fucking with me was going to make you go viral. And so, you know, according to the police, um, Williams told them that Smith's husband, Lamora Sellers, pulled out a gun on him at this point and pointed it in his face. Now, Lamora Sellers, that just sounds like a name of a nigga who's not about whatever you're about. Like, he's not about to go back and forth with you. He's going to either pull out a gun or he's going to whoop your ass. And so Lamoris um, chose the former option. He pulled out a gun and apparently chased Cat into the building next door. Okay, so Cat and his bodyguard skedaddled. And I'm like, so what is you paying this bodyguard for? Like, he just going to skedaddle along with you? Like, what's good? You might need to fire him. So anyway... Um, what ended up happening was, of course, they got into an altercation, but there were no cameras, so nobody could really confirm Kat's story, and I guess charges weren't really pressed. But my thing is this, Kat. You run up on somebody's wife, okay? Somebody's wife. And let's be clear. Wanda Smith looks like she's about that action. She might have got dragged on the radio, but sis is, I could tell just by the way she looks, she's, she went hard back in the day. And she probably still does now. Her husband, Lamoris, is probably some dude she grew up with in the hood. They probably high school sweethearts. Wanda Smith looked like she'd be in the kitchen every Sunday, frying fish, playing spades. She probably had a gold tooth at some point in her life. Probably took it out because she's in the entertainment industry now. And she looked like she can toss back some Crown Royal straight. No problem. She could probably drink you and your uncle under the table. So I, I, I understand how Lamoris felt because he, he probably felt tried. He felt like he had to pull out this gun on Cat because Cat just talking shit to his wife. What he's supposed to do as a man. You only got a few options here. Either I whoop your ass or I shoot you. <laughs> and I'm not condoning violence, but I'm just saying, like, let's just be realistic. So anyway, Kat, that, you know, his tirade didn't end there. He got into beef with another comedian, this time a more popular comedian, Miss Tiffany uh, Haddish, right? And so he's on the radio, the same radio show, saying all this stuff about Tiffany Haddish, that she married a white man and... He said that she said he abused her and then wrote a book and said he didn't abuse her and all this foolishness that turned out to be a lie. And he also said that Tiffany Haddish has not proved herself, has not proved her ability to tell jokes back to back to back to back um, in a comedy routine. And he basically was saying there's a whole bunch of other female comedians that have been in the game longer than her that deserve the props that she's getting now and all the accolades and all the attention. So basically, he was sounding like a hater. Let's just be clear. That's exactly what he was sounding like. I need to get me some tea. Ooh, hold on, y'all. My throat is killing me. One minute. So he basically sounded like a hater, right? Because 
first of all, what grown man goes on a radio show to talk shit about a woman comedian who's done nothing to them but just win? So really, you sound like you're a hate, you're a hater, and that's not that's not a good look for you. And so um, he goes on and on about Tiffany and all this stuff. So Tiffany basically um, had some words for him. She said, you know, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to send you love that you really need. And it's like, wow, Tiffany, you are rising above these days. Like, there may be some hope for you after all. You are really taking the high road. And it could be because those checks keep getting cash. Like, (laughs) the more checks that you deposit, the happier you are. So I get it. She's bliss. She's in bliss. Makes sense to me. So, um... As some of you may know, Tiffany wrote a book, and that was the book that Cat Williams was referring to called The Last Black Unicorn. And in one chapter um, titled The Ex-Husband, she talked about the husband that Cat was referring to, who was actually a black man named William Stewart. And she claims he was abusive to her physically and caused her to have a miscarriage. But Stewart in May 2018, sued Tiffany for defamation and denied both the claims. He denied abusing her and also said that she had had an abortion. And so basically he sued her for over $1 million in libel. And that's the thing when you write these books, you got to make sure they're accurate. Don't just be saying stuff to get people to buy it. These people that you're talking about are going to find out what you said and they can sue you. So I don't know if it's true or not, but Um, here's his statement. I married Tiffany, her issues, and not the Hollywood lifestyle. And it's funny because what does that even mean? I married Tiffany, her issues. (laughs) Like, wow. (laughs) So not just Tiffany, you were aware that she was like, had all this baggage when you married her. And I guess that's cool. He goes on to say, I have never beat or hit or called a woman an MF or B while having a disagreement ever in my life. I never caused a miscarriage. I have documents to prove this. Tiffany advised me about a month ago about the book, and she told me that I would be furious. Stewart also goes on to say he hopes he and Tiffany can work this out before all details hit the public sphere and or courtroom. And um, he says he's not going to try to tear something down that he helped build. He wants to come out and tell the truth. He says he's been seeking legal representation, but he don't want to bring all the dirt out. And he says he believe that they can both settle this outside of court. So you got some more dirt on Tiffany, huh? And see, that's the game you play when you start writing these books because people that knew you before the fame got all the dirt on you, don't they? And they will bring it out if provoked. Sometimes they don't even need to be provoked. They just be sitting around seeing you blow up and like, oh, let me just go ruin her life real quick. Because that's how people are. They trifling. So... That's what's going on with that. So speaking of Cat Williams and Tiffany Haddish, uh, they both made an appearance at the 70th Emmys this week. And of course, this was after Cat had talked all that shit about her. So I go on Instagram a few days later and I see that these two have taken a picture together, cheesing. And one of the pictures, Kat was kneeling down to her and what I guess was uh, his way of showing some sort of respect to her. And they both cheesing from ear to ear, looking like two Cheshire Cats. And I'm like, okay, so maybe they squashed it. Okay, that's bigger than them. But 
my thing is this. Cat, what you said was in pure hateration. You was doing all this hateration and holleration in the dancery. And I got a problem with that because when you saw her, now y'all taking pictures together. So is it one micro Uchiwali? I'm confused. And Tiffany don't care because she's, again, let me reiterate. Tiffany is from the hood. Okay, she came up. She does not care about this beef with you, Cat Williams. She actually, right now in her career, is above you. She's cashing checks. She's securing the bag. She's living the best life. She was just on a yacht with Issa Rae the other day. She, she ain't got no worries. So you trying to beef with her on the radio station is just like, She's like, sure, I'll be your friend. Here, let's take a picture. You want a picture? Want a picture, fan? That's her mood. So, I also want to say that while I don't personally think Tiffany Haddish is funny. Yes, I said it. I watched one of her stand-ups. I chuckled. I chuckled. But was I crying? Was I was I cry laughing? No. And that's okay. Other people like her. Other people like her and that's fine with me. Um and I'm 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 happy for her success. I truly truly am. I thought she was a great addition to Girls Trip. I feel like she basically kind of carried the movie. Um and I think she's a great actress. I think that's what she does really well. Um but let's just remember that Tiffany has been grinding for a long time. She's lived in her car. She's been in foster homes. Um, she used to perform in Hollywood um, in the same comedy clubs that Kevin Hart was in. She talked about um, how he gave her like $300 or $400 to help her through, um, you know, and she used to perform in little holes in the wall back in the day, just grinding it out, grinding it out. And that was over 10 years ago. So she has, she's paid her dues. Let's be clear about that. Let's be clear about that. And I understand that there are other comedians who've been in the game way longer than her, who I feel like, as Kat said, I can agree with him on this, deserve some shine. There's comedians like Samore, there's Lunell, there's um, Monique, who I still feel like deserves shine. I don't care what y'all say. Auntie Monique gave us laughs. She gave us laughs. So I don't care what y'all, y'all want to act brand new on Monique. And there are so many other comedians. I can't think of them off the top of my head right now. And he he named some in his interview. But I think they deserve some shine too. But we all know that favor ain't fair. Favor just ain't fair. So although these comedians are due, I completely agree. That ain't how it works. That's just not how the game goes. And Kat, if you feel like all these people need this shine, bring them along with you on your ride. You was just in um Atlanta. You were just in, you were just in that TV show, Atlanta. So what you could do is you can bring somebody along with you on your ride in Hollywood. I know it's hard for you because you can barely stay out of stay out of prison. You got about six, seven mugshots in the last few years. But if you get your life together, you can do some of the things that you're trying to insinuate that other people should be doing. And so I don't know how many of you know Paul Mooney. 
But if you do know him, if you're my age, you probably know him. I'll just put it like that. He's like an old head. He's an old school comedian. And he just drags white people for for filth every time he opens his mouth. Like that is his stick. That's what he does. He tells comedy and he just tells it like it is. And he is pro-black to the fullest. So he tweeted, as Godfather, I'm going to need Dave Chappelle, Wayne's Brothers, Monique, Cat Williams, Kevin Hart, Tiffany Haddish to... Oh, and all the other strong brothers and sisters of comedy to go to a room and start your own media hub like Oprah did and stop all this foolishness. And I just want to say I completely agree with you, Mr. Paul Mooney, godfather of comedy. I completely agree with you. But niggas gonna nig. So, I mean, I don't know if we can really expect more from them. But going back to Kat, what Kat said... I feel Cat in certain aspects um, because he's used to the old school comedy days. And I am too. I grew up on BET Comic View, uh, Deaf Comedy Jam, when Martin and them was on stage telling jokes. It was raw. This was an era where you sat on the front row at a comedy show. You were going to get roasted. That kind of comedy. Okay, this new school comedy, you can't say anything. And in this new era, you really can't say anything. What are jokes nowadays even? Everybody's so sensitive. You can't even get a good joke in. I mean, did you guys grow up in the your mama era or what? Because I feel like if you did, you wouldn't be so sensitive. It is what it is. You're in a group of kids. You're on the bus. You're in middle school. You're going to get dragged. Period. Whether it's your shoes, whether it's how your hair look, your eyeballs too close together, whatever. Your mama got rollers in her hair. Your mama broke. They even, they, kids are ruthless. They didn't care about that uh, politically correct stuff. They didn't care whose feelings they were going to hurt. Is it bad? Eh. I think it gave us tough skin. Your mama's so fat, she got to go swim at SeaWorld. Hilarious. Your daddy's so black. uh, What? We turned the lights out. We couldn't see him or something, you know, whatever the little crazy stuff we used to say to each other. Yes, that's funny. And I feel like we need to bring that kind of comedy back in style. I know everybody is so pro LGBTQ, pro black, pro woman, pro. And I am all of those things. But my thing is you got to be able to laugh at yourself at some point. Some things are just funny. Some things are just funny. It's comedy. So anyway, I just went off on a tangent. I'm sorry. I I needed to say that. It's been weighing on me for a while now. But anyway, speaking of the Emmys, the Emmys was actually a lot better than I remember it being before. Um, this year, there were two hosts, Michael Shea. Um, he's one of the black guys on SNL. And Colin Jost, who is also a comedian currently on SNL. Um, And there were a lot of funny moments, but my favorite thing was definitely Michael Che's reparation Emmy skit. And this was basically him going around, handing out Emmys to people he felt should have an Emmy. Um, So he took one to Jaleel White, who of course played Urkel on Family Matters. Marla Gibbs from 227, that's our good sis that would sit up in the windowsill. And she also played um, on the Jeffersons as the maid. Jimmy Walker, of course, that's JJ Dynamite. Uh, 
Kadeem Hardison, Different World, Tashina Arnold, you know, that's our good sis, Pam. And I just thought that was so genius because, and I also thought it was pretty bold to do as a host for the show that you're basically dragging over their lack of diversity and over their lack of, um, and over their obvious Emmy snubs. And so do y'all remember the uproar that happened a while ago with um, Oscar So White? It was hashtag Oscar So White. And it was created by a content creator by the name of April Rain. And, you know, I got to thinking and I was like, you know what? I feel Michael Che on so many levels with this, um, this reparation Emmys thing. So I have a few reparation awards of my own. Okay. Um, I have some reparation Oscars that I want to give out. So here it goes. <clears throat> Good evening, everyone. Welcome, welcome to a special edition of the Oscars. Yay! Woo! I don't have any clap sound effects, so it is what it is. Okay. So I am your host tonight, Ms. Karma Jones, and I have eight very special awards to give out tonight. These are the Oscar Reparation Awards, and these are long overdue. So let's just jump right into it. The first Reparation Oscar goes to none other than Denzel the Goat Washington for his role as Malcolm X. Of course, this goes to him for the best actor in a leading role because let's be let's be clear. Denzel Washington was Malcolm X. He he is Malcolm X still. Right. He he played that role so well. And I feel like, why did he not get recognized for that? You are not an American. You are the victim of America. Yes. Give it up for Mr. Denzel Washington. Yes. Our second award goes out to Miss Angela Bassett. She is getting this award for Best Actress in a Leading Role for her role as Tina Turner in What's Love Got to Do With It. And I think I speak for everyone when I say that Angela Bassett played Tina Turner than Tina Turner. She was she was more of Tina Turner than Tina Turner is Tina Turner. She got it down, everything from the movements to the songs, to the facial expressions, to the hair, to the, uh, oh, I am Tina Turner. Oh, I mean, really? Like, how did she not get an award for that role? Of course I remember the words. Of course I remember the words, Ike. I wrote it. Yes, everybody give it up for Miss Angela Bassett. Our next award goes to uh, the best actress in a supporting role. And I'd like to bring up now to the podium, Miss Oprah Winfrey for her role as Sophia in The Color Purple. Because I think, is this not just a role that everyone remembers very well? Um... Sophia used to walk through them fields, baby. She used to stomp through them fields with that hat tilted to the side. She was sweating. She was big. You could tell she could cook you up some good pig feet and chitlins. That is Miss Sophia, honey. And when she said, 
You told Hoppo to beat me. I mean, it, do we not quote that all the time? How did you not get an award for that? You deserve, Miss Oprah Winfrey. You deserve. And that's why today you are getting the Reparation Oscar. Everybody give her a round of applause. Our next Reparation Oscar goes to Mr. Will Smith for his role in the pursuit of happiness. I, for one, want to say that I never knew that Will Smith was such a good actor. Like, I knew he could act. I'd seen him in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but that was still kind of like Will Smith playing Will Smith the rapper. In this movie, we saw him cry. That one tear rolled down his cheek. He was really like, he proved that he was a thespian. Like he was an actor for real. Like he was an actor, actor. And that's why he gets the award, the reparation Oscar for his role in The Pursuit of Happiness. Everyone give it up for Mr. Will Smith. And now let's move on to our reparation Oscar This award is for the best director in a film. And this award is going out to none other than Mr. John Singleton for his wonderful direction, his guidance in the movie Boys in the Hood. Either they don't know, don't show, or don't care about what's going on in the hood. This is just a hood classic. This is just... A black people movie classic. If you are sitting around a group of black people and y'all are talking about movies and somebody says they never watch Boys in the Hood, everybody's going to look at them like they're crazy. The music is going to stop. People are just going to be like, what? And they're going to revoke your black card. And that's just the way it is. There are a couple of movies that you have had to have seen as a black person. Boys in the Hood is one of them. Friday is another. Color Purple is another. I can go on and on. So let's give it up to Mr. John Singleton for his wonderful directorial, directorial, I guess that's how you say it, guidance. Everybody give it up for John Singleton. You deserve, brother. Now let's get into this. Let's get into the best music original score in a movie. And this award is going to none other than Mr. Quincy Jones for The Wiz. That's right, The Wiz. Now, if you know like I know, you've watched The Wiz a million times because your mama has made you. And once she, if you're black, and once you watched it, you really actually wanted to keep watching it because it was so much better than the original Wizard of Oz. Like it had all the flavor. It had all our favorites in it. Michael Jackson, Diana Ross. Like, it was great. I mean, and I feel like one of the most memorable scenes is when they were at, like, the party. It was like a disco party. They were, at, you know, at Oz. And they went to see The Wiz, of course. And they the colors kept changing from green to red to, like, gold And those folks were in there and they were saying, I want to be seen green. Wouldn't be called dead red. Because if you are seen green, it means you got mean bread. Yes, that was, 
has Quincy. And if you, everybody knows Quincy is the man when it comes to music. He has put on so many people. He is just a musical genius. And that remains a fact. And that is why we are going to salute Mr. Quincy Jones. Come on up here, Quincy, and get your award, honey. By the way, Quincy Jones has a documentary coming out on Netflix very soon and I can't wait to watch because Quincy has gotten to the point in his life where he spills all the tea on everybody and so we're about to get some real good tea in that documentary because he is on his last little years of life and he don't care no more and we're about to get some good industry gossip (laughs) that's what we're about to do so the next award goes to Mr. Spike Lee and this award is not for any particular category. I just, it's for all the categories. Where are his awards? Where are his things? He is owed some things. Okay, let's be clear. Crooklyn, Malcolm X, Do the Right Thing. The list goes on and on and on. Jungle Fever. A Spike Lee joint is a Spike Lee joint. And nobody can do it like Spike. He brings... All the political discussion, all the racial discussion, all the things that we need to be talking about as a people, as a country, Spike Lee brings it and he does it in his own way. He has never sold out. He does it um, without being in the good old boys club. He basically gives in the middle finger and does what he wants. He creates his art. And that is why I respect Spike Lee. That's why I love him. And that's why he's getting this reparation Oscar. So let's give it up for Mr. Spike Lee. And last but not least, I want to give the Best Actress in a Leading Role Award to Miss Dorothy Dandridge. She's no longer with us, but I'm giving her this award for her role in Carmen Jones. Um, so many of you probably heard of it. It's an old movie. I think it came out in 1954. She played alongside Harry, Bel- Harry Belafonte. Beyonce redid this movie with MTV a long time ago, except for she called herself Karma Brown in the movie. Um, But this movie is so important because there was a lot going on at this time as far as race. The fact that Dorothy Dandridge was playing this role was a big deal. Otto Preminger, y'all go do y'all Googles. Just do some Googles on the background of this movie and why it was so important for Dorothy Dandridge to play this role. I believe her voice got um, looped. A white woman's voice got looped in or synced in or whatever you call it. Um, So they didn't even want her voice to be heard. They just wanted people to see her. And they even, like in certain instances, wanted um, for certain crowds, they wanted to switch her out for a white person or Asian person or whoever, whatever crowd they were trying to please at the time. They hated the fact that she played this role. And I just think this role is such a breakthrough role a groundbreaking role and she deserves her things and the fact that she didn't get an oscar is just really beyond me because she played that role so well so so well she brought that character to life and um every now and again i go back and watch it because she that character is my namesake so i love it but this has concluded my reparations oscar segment and I hope you all enjoyed and maybe you can give me some feedback on who you feel like is deserved an Oscar who is owed some things 
that these white folks have overlooked for decades and decades? Let me know. Shoot me an email. Hit me up. DM me. Whatever. Um, And maybe I'll share some of them on the next episode of No Filter. All right, guys. Back to reality. So, moving on. Drake. Drake, 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 Drake. He's been having a rough, a rough few weeks, actually. Um, some chick is suing him, saying that he got her pregnant, which isn't that hard to believe. He apparently just goes around getting people pregnant and not wearing protection. So um, that's just what he does. Drake loves the women's, and he just can't seem to get a hold on his little member there. So this might be on to something. But anyway, he's really in the news this week um, because it's been made public that he's been texting Millie Bobby. I don't know, Millie Bobby Brown. I think that's her last name. Um, she's 14 years old. She's an actress who stars in Stranger Things, the the Netflix smash Stranger Things. And she plays um, Eleven. And mind you, Drake is a 31-year-old man with a full-grown beard. Um, probably has gray hairs peeking through somewhere. Um, he's a part of the 30 plus club that I was talking about earlier. And so he's texting this 14 year old girl and people were kind of like, say what? Like, what's going on? And so I would just say that this maybe is just like a Hollywood thing, you know, actors and actresses just bonding and celebrities just bonding. And sometimes age lines in Hollywood get kind of blurred because the kids kind of grow up so fast or whatever the case may be. Maybe it's a mentor mentee type thing. And I do think we have to be cautious of labeling every time like a man and a young girl have a relationship that is something gross and weird. And same thing with men and uh, women and young men. It's not always that way, but I still understand why this is like sending up a red flag for people. And personally, I don't think Drake should really be texting the 14-year-old actress anything, um, especially that he misses her. So apparently she was on the red carpet and told some people after they asked about her relationship with Drake, she's like, oh, we're such good friends. He texts me that he misses me. And I told him I miss him too and all this other stuff. And, um, you know, I thought that was really interesting. And so... The truth is, though, Drake stays in people's DMs, like random girls, celebrities, non-celebrities, anybody who he can text or DM, who he feels like he can bring home. He jumps in those messages. Um, Anybody can get it. Nobody's safe. Hide your wife. Hide your kids. Um, And just this week, actually, a random woman on Twitter tweeted out a DM from Drake, and her name on IG is Asapamina. I don't know. She looks like she lives in another country. Um, But her IG name is A-S-A-P-A-M-I-N-A. And the message said, you're beautiful. And all I could think to myself was, Drake really is a trick. He really, really is a trick. He can't even help himself. Like, Anyway, so I'm confused about the Millie situation because I'm just wondering, do we need to call the police or is this just a cute little industry friendship thing? What's really good? 
And it kind of puts me on edge because of everything that's been going on lately. All the discoveries that have been being made with the Me Too movement and all that good stuff. I feel like people are really coming forward with all of their dirt, all this stuff that's going on in Hollywood. And it got me to thinking, who are some celebs who have dated underage girls? So I did some investigation. So some of you may know Wilmer Valderrama. Um, I think he played on that 70s show and maybe a couple of other things. But he is like a serial underage girl dater. Um, Apparently he was 20 years old when he started dating 16-year-old Mandy Moore. Um, And he was 24 when he got together with Lindsay Lohan, who at the time was 17. Cringe. (laughs) Just like cringe. 17-year-old, 24. I mean... So basically someone who has not graduated from high school and somebody who is like two years out of college. Eh. Then Molly Cyrus dated um, 20-year-old singer Justin Gaston. I don't know who the hell that is. When she was only 15. And if you're thinking to yourself, this is only a white thing, it's not. Kobe Bryant at the age of 21 began dating 17-year-old Vanessa who he is with to this day. That's That, of course, is his wife. Um, so, yeah. Again, another instance where somebody who hadn't even graduated from high school is now dating someone who is well on their way out of college, which is pretty interesting because you guys have such different, like, mental states, different dynamics. Like, what I was thinking about my senior year of college, I was so not thinking about my senior year of college. Like... Or did I say that right? My senior year of high school, I was so not thinking about um, the same things my senior year of college. That's just two different, two different mindsets. And I get it that women or girls kind of develop um, earlier and mature faster than boys. But so what? It's still like, <laughs> why? So Hillary Duff, when she was 16, she started dating Joelle Madden. That's that uh, singer who always wore the black nail polish and like had the black greasy hair. Yeah, he was 24, she was 16. Creepy. And Jerry Seinfeld, at the age of 39, started dating 17-year-old Shoshana Lonstein. I'm not sure if they're still together. I don't know who his wife is. Um, Maybe that's still his wife. I don't know. Either way, 39. So you're damn near 40. <laughs> you're damn near 40. Like, you're on your way to AARP, and sis hasn't even graduated, got her diploma. Wow. 17-year-old Kylie Jenner, and this just happened recently, um, was dating 25-year-old Tyga. Yet and still, that did nothing for his career. Um, the Kardashians are super famous, and he still cannot make a hit. So, was it worth it? Priscilla was only 14. Priscilla Presley was only 14 when she met 26-year-old Elvis Presley. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. Like, 14. Same age as Millie Bobby Brown, though, so. (sighs) Drake, I I need you to get back up out of her text messages ASAP. Okay, this is the only warning we're going to give you before we're going to have to cancel you, brother. 
And last but not least, there is R. Kelly, the serial pedophile. I mean, this guy never stops. He just does not stop. He keeps going when we catch him on tape, when we try to lock him up, when we take him to court, when we, you just keep going. You never learn. You even have gotten to the point where you keep women in your basement. So like you, my brother, you got to go. And I don't know why the authorities have not yet locked him up. He out here just roaming the streets. So obviously when Aaliyah was 14, they began dating and his 27-year-old self married her when she was 15. And I just, I, I feel like that wasn't talked about enough at the time. Like, did we just let that go? Like, what happened? <laughs> like, what happened with that? So my thing is, the moral of this story is people in Hollywood and people outside of Hollywood are just running around here being nasty and trifling for the entire world to see. And ain't nobody going to say nothing. <laughs> this is a fucked up world, man. So that's all I got to say. Um, Drake, get your life. Go talk to some 31-year-old women and mind your business. Because Millie Bobby Brown ain't got nothing to say to you. Homegirl is doing whatever 14-year-olds do. Playing Candy Crush or something. I don't know. What, what do 14-year-olds do? Because I know some grown adults that play Candy Crush. And I'm going to pray for them, too. Anyways, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, beautiful people. Are you in need of a glow up? How about skin that is silky smooth to the touch? Ow! Rebel Natural offers all natural beauty products that contains five ingredients or less. These products are hella luxurious and cruelty-free. Wow. Check them out today at www rebelnaturel.com and use offer code karma for 10% off your purchase rebel natural where boho vibes meet unconventional beauty now back to the show so guys it appears that we've been pronouncing chrissy Teigen and ariana grande's names all wrong chrissy says she never corrects people but is tired of living this lie and so apparently the proper pronunciation is Chrissy Teigen and Ariana Grande. So here's the thing. Thank you for letting us know. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do that. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're going to continue to call you Chrissy Teigen and continue to call Ariana Ariana Grande. It just is what it is. That's your name now. That's your brand. Thanks for letting us know. In other news, it appears that Steve Harvey's daytime talk show on NBC has been canceled. And it's going to be replaced by another talk show. And the host is someone very unexpected. That's American Idol winner Kelly Clarkson. Now, good for her and all, but I have questions. This daytime talk show... Hell, the dates, the nighttime talk show market is way too white for me. Where are the black people? There hasn't been, has there been a female daytime talk show host um, since Oprah? Since Oprah left the airwaves, I feel like there has not been. And I ain't talk about no judge show. I'm tired of those judge shows, okay? 
we know Judge Mathis is holding down the daytime judge court circuit, calling everybody in their mama a crackhead every five seconds. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about content, real good content. Where are they? And so now you kick the only black man daytime talk show host off the air. I think that's interesting. And no shade to Steve. I feel like maybe he didn't even really need a talk show. I'm looking for somebody who is like a real journalist, maybe like Oprah. And I take that back. You don't even have to be a journalist, but somebody who is like really passionate about interviewing people and like digging deep into different topics. And I don't feel like that was Steve Harvey, but I feel like I'd rather have Steve Harvey have a show than Kelly Clarkson. And no shade. But I need for these people to get on it in terms of getting more people of color, especially black people on daytime talk TV. They need those coins too. We want some coins. Y'all always trying to lock us out of the market. I don't appreciate it. So Kelly's statement was, um, I love connecting with people, playing games, music, and finding ways to help or give back to communities, organizations, and having my own talk show where I get to do all these things is pretty much a dream job. So we'll see how it goes. We shall see. Speaking of talk shows, Tamara Mowry, um, you know, she's a host, one of the hosts on The Real, which is a daytime talk show. Um, She cussed everybody out the other day uh, because people have been calling her husband, Mr. Adam Housley, a racist. Uh, he used to work for Fox, I believe, and he's been known to make some questionable statements in the past. I tried to pull up some, didn't have time. Um, but anybody who used to work for Fox is a red flag for me. Um, so she got her sister girl neck roll on, (laughs) on the reel the other day. I'd never seen her be so black in my life. I guess she was trying to prove her point, honey, pointing her finger at the screen and so we typically think of twins as being just alike but for years it you know over the years it became clear to us that Tia and Tamira were a bit different Tia is married to actor Corey Hardrick um you might have seen him on the game American Sniper a movie he's just not that into you he's been a lot of stuff so Tia and her husband, Corey, are living their best black lives. Like they are living their lives in blackness, in color. Tamara, on the other hand, is living more of a whitewashed life with her husband, Adam. And so back in 2013, I think he made a comment about the Trayvon Martin case, stating that both families, meaning Trayvon's family and Zimmerman's families, um, are both suffering. And also made it clear that he wasn't choosing sides. And I'm like, well, why the fuck not? Why why, why would you not choose a side? The only side is the right side. And that's the side of Trayvon Martin and his family. And the people fighting for justice um, in his death. That's the right side. So to me, when you don't pick a side, you're choosing a side. And you're choosing the side of the oppressor. You're choosing the side of George Zimmerman and his followers and his supporters. And that in itself makes me question your motives, makes me question your background. So, sis, as a black woman, granted you're biracial, but you're still black. You can't pass as white. 
<laughs> so you're black. That would make me question my husband. Like, so what you mean? Or could it be that you feel the same way as him? And that's another problem. Then I'll, that's a road I'm not even going to go down. But people have not been feeling Tamira lately. They only claim Tia. Um, because she pulled a stunt herself a while back when Remy Ma posted a pic of herself and her husband Papoose, who's also a rapper, with the caption Black Love. And for those of y'all who don't know, that's Papoose's, Papoose's, I said Papoose. Such a funny name, Papoose. That Papoose's catchphrase these days, that is uh, Black Love. And it's super appropriate because I think Papoose would drink Remy Ma's bath water if we're being completely honest. He loves her to death. Um, And Tamara got in the comments talking about, you guys are adorable, although I love me some interracial love too. (laughs) Sis, we didn't ask you that though. We didn't ask you if you liked interracial love or not. We know you love interracial love because you're in an interracial relationship. So why did you feel the need to get on this young lady's post and talk about your love of interracial love? Inappropriate. You're out of place. So you basically all lives mattered her in the comments. She said black lives matter and you said all lives matter. You need to have a come to Jesus talk with yourself. That's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. So, um... The jury is still out on whether or not we are going to revoke Tamara Mowry's black card. We're going to give her one more chance. And we're going to reconvene in a few months the Congressional Black Caucus. (laughs) We're going to reconvene to make a decision on her case. So anyway, um... Kanye West is moving back to Chicago. But guess who ain't moving with him? That's right, Kim K. She's not going anywhere. She's going to stay her ass in Calabasas, California. L-M-A-O. <laughs> so according to People, Kim plans on spending more time in Chicago, but she is not moving there full time. Kardashian... Oh, sorry. Kim Kardashian wants to continue to raise their three children, North, St. and Chicago, and Calabasas. A second insider confirms that Kanye may or may not move to Chicago because he changes his mind like he changes his underwear. <laughs> and I can definitely see that. It's pretty obvious. Um. So last week, Kanye actually went to Chicago and he's like doing an album with Chance the Rapper or something. And he made the announcement that he is going to move back permanently to Chicago. He's not ever leaving again, he says. And he also claimed he will teach a course at the Art Institute of Chicago and the American Academy of Art. However, the lie detector test determined that is a lie because a rep from the Art Institute of Chicago made a statement and said, we're flattered that Mr. West would have an interest in teaching emerging artists and designers at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. However, Mr. West is not currently teaching. And at this time, there are no plans for him to do so. So, (laughs) there's that. 
And it just reminds me of when he, when Kanye told us that Kim K was in law school. He told us that a few weeks ago, and it turns out that, too, was a lie. So, I need him to get it together. Maybe let's stick to our meds, and let's not get off track. It seems like maybe he's just doing some rebranding. Oh, you're going back to Chicago. You changed your Twitter handle back to yay. Um, like you're getting real urban all of a sudden. Your white people accent, your Calabasas accent is no more. It's disappearing. Your hair is back black. You took the blue eye contacts out. Um, so you're doing this transformation. You've been rocking a lot of urban wear lately. Hanging with a lot of blacks. So are you trying to revamp your image? Are you trying to rebrand so that people will actually buy your music now? Because we know people have been like kind of not trying to stream your music because of all the foolery that you've gotten yourself into. And so Kanye, I guess this is also his attempt to prove his blackness. He hopped into some rap beef with Nick Cannon of all people and um, Drake. So... Everybody knows the amazing hit. Kiki, do you love me? Are you writing? So you never ever leave to miss me. Uh, uh, uh. So apparently, word on the street was, like literally this is a rumor that people made up just for shits and giggles. And Kanye ran with it. So he, people were saying that Drake had had sex with Kim K. Nobody really thought that was true. You know, people just like to say stuff. But Kanye gets on the internet on social media makes a few videos of him walking i don't know where the hell he's walking to i don't even know what he's doing out here in these streets alone but whatever walking and filming and talking to nick cannon and drake about the kiki song and saying implying that kiki is his wife kim kardashian and then saying that nick cannon Shouldn't have said and made a comment about the song. And then Drake should have came out and said he never slept with Kim, which I do agree with. But who has time to address every rumor, too? So that's kind of where I'm at with that. But excuse me, since when has Kiki been a nickname for Kim? Like when? Why would you think that Drake is making a song about your wife, Kim Kardashian? Honestly, that don't even make sense, yay. I don't know what this your I don't know what this is an attempt to do. I don't know if this is your attempt to break back into the industry and get back close with with your roots. So you felt like a rap beef was a way to start that popped that off. <laughs> You're now out of the sunken place as you admitted to us on camera, which I thought was wow, okay. So you were in the sunken place. So why don't you go back because last time I said that you and Ben Carson were sharing a basement. Why don't you go back and pull out Brother Ben? And while you're down there, pull out Stacey Dash. And then maybe we can all, maybe we can be one big happy family again. So um, that's that on that. <sighs> We're going to pray for Brother Kanye. I do want him to bounce back. I honestly, honestly do. Um, but we're we're going to see. Because sometimes he just doesn't know how to act. So the internet is going crazy because they found out that Bert and Ernie from Sesame Street are gay. And I just think that is the funniest thing because <laughs> people are mad. Like people are upset. It is like they're just puppets, guys. Like I get it's a part of our childhood. 
But what did you think these two grown men was doing living together? <laughs> like, that's what they're doing. They're gay. It's cool. It's cool. They're puppets, guys. Relax. So, I just thought that was funny and I had to say something about it because their internet is in a tizzy and the writers came out and was like, yeah, it's based on a relationship. It's based on a real relationship. And everybody was like, <gasps> but it's a children's show. Yeah, they never said that they were gay. They never said in the show, hey, look at Bert and Ernie topping and bottoming. <laughs> so what's the big deal? <sighs> Anywho, Beyonce's ex-drummer is accusing her of witchcraft. Like, that's where we are now. Beyonce is so rich and famous and popular that people are now accusing her of witchcraft like this is where we're at with it and I'm just like shocked I'm not shocked because people have been accusing her of being um Illuminati for years her and Jay-Z so now we have we have gone up to we have been promoted to witchcraft so Beyonce's former drummer Kimberly Thompson requested a restraining order against Beyonce a restraining order against Beyonce. Let me repeat. So while everybody else is trying to get next to Beyonce, you're trying to run from Beyonce. Is there an, I think most of America would want an order where, whatever is the opposite of restraining order, that's what we want. That's the kind of order we want against Beyonce. So the drummer claims that the singer practices extreme witchcraft. So I don't know what extreme witchcraft means as opposed to, non-extreme or chill witchcraft but according to the lawsuit Beyonce has allegedly been using her magic her black girl magic ow to run surveillance and control Thompson's finances so essentially you are broke and you are blaming it on Beyonce she also claimed that the Lemonade singer started a campaign of harassment against her which includes dark magic and magic spells of sexual molestation. And she also alleges that B murdered her kitten. Woo <laughs> child. Murder her kitten. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> when you are this rich, this is what happens to you. And so in my last episode, I said that Beyonce should just go and take a picture with Latavia. And lo and behold, this week she took a picture with Latavia. So she has now reunited with all of Destiny's Child. Latavia, Latoya, she never parted from Kelly and I don't think she ever parted from Michelle. The only one that's left hanging out there is Farrah, but I don't think Farrah is ever going to get a phone call. Poor thing. But if this means that we're about to have a Destiny's Child reunion, a Destiny's Child tour, let me tell you something. (laughs) That's how I'm going to know there is a God because this has been my prayer. First of all, this is what the fans want. This is what we need. Okay, this is perfect timing because we're all getting so old and we ain't going to be able to be out here with you much longer, Beyonce. 
So I need you to wrap it up and I need you to give us what we we need a perfect ending. Because I don't know about y'all, but I really live for Destiny's Child. Like the writings on the wall is still in my Apple Music right now. Like I can play it right now and I can play it all the way through. So this is going to mean so much to me. And not to mention, let's give, let's give Latavia some shine. Let, let's just get her coins. Latoya is still kind of getting her coins because she's acting. She's in Greenleaf and doing an amazing job, by the way. Um, you know Kelly always going to be good. And Michelle is good, I think. So, like, let's let Latavia get some shine so people can stop trying to shade her, which I don't understand. If you're a real Destiny Child fan, you're not throwing Latavia no shade because you know. You know. So let's just hope that this means they're going on tour soon. We're going to pray. Beyonce, do us a miracle, please. Thank you. Skipping the shadier room today. My throat is coming and I'm ready to wrap this thing up. But I want to do, of course, my last two favorite things. Um, let's take it back to Don't Act Like You Forgot. <laughs> I want to talk about Regina King. She won an award at the Emmys and she kind of looked so shocked. And I was like, sis, don't be shocked. You deserve. And so I want to talk about her for my Don't Act Like You Forgot segment because, as you guys know, this segment is about showing appreciation to people who don't get their props, people who were popping back in the day and kind of in some ways um, are still popping. And then people try to like throw them to the side and throw them in the trash because they may not be as visible as they were before. And so my thing is, don't act like you forgot. Queen of longevity, Miss Regina King. Like she's been acting for decades, okay? If you're real, you know she was Brenda in 227. She did voiceovers for the Boondocks. She was in Poetic Justice. She's Janae on Big Bang Theory. She was in Friday. She was in Ray. Netflix, Seven Seconds. Sis got credits, okay? Just still check her IMBD or DB, whatever it is, and see, because homegirl works. She gets her money and she goes home. We ain't never heard about her in no mess. She don't be on the shade room looking crazy. She looks amazing. She's aging like fine wine. I truly believe that her beauty is underrated, her skills are underrated. And so I'm just so glad to have seen her get that shine um, at the Emmys. And Mike Epps the other day even posted about her um, the moment when she got the Emmy. And I think his caption was something like, when you've been, when you've been the shit and they just finding out or something like that. And I feel you, Mike, because that's where I'm at with it. Um. And so let's just give credit where credit is due and let's give a round of applause and send love to Regina King uh, because she deserves it. And let's not act like we forgot. Okay. You know, I like to wrap the show up on a good note with Karma's Corner. So today I'm going to talk to you about freedom. The real freedom comes when you're not pretending to be someone you're not. My dad always used to tell me, freedom is not having to explain yourself. 
And that has stuck with me my entire life. It's being you without being apologetic. It's about being glad that you're different. It's about embracing your uniqueness. It's about not worrying what the next person is doing and not trying to keep up with the Joneses because that gets exhausting. Trying to be something you're not drains you of everything that you are. It takes every fiber of your being to maintain a facade. It takes all of your strength. Strength and energy you could be using towards other things in your life, towards positive things. So it's it's always important to affirm who you are, to remember who you are, to pour into that person, to develop that person. Because trying to be someone else will bring you a lifetime of misery. You'll constantly be running. You'll constantly be trying to chase and catch something that you won't be able to catch because it's not for you. What's for you is for you. What's inside of you, only you know. Only you can develop and nurture. And if you're so busy trying to water somebody else's grass, honey, your grass is going to dry up. And it's going to be up to you to bring it back to life. So today I want to let you know that the real freedom comes when you're not pretending to be someone you're not. Okay? Remember that. It's been fun, guys. I love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Um, If you have any comments or questions, feel free to shoot me an email at nofilterpodcast101 at gmail.com. And until next time, I'll talk to you. Bye-bye.